Welcome back to the Make Life Work podcast with me, Cy Jobling, father of two, full-time engineering manager and side project hustler. This is the ninth season of the podcast, which takes a slightly different direction from previous seasons and now focuses on how people find that work-life balance. So ideally, you can learn some little tips and tricks too. Nobody has pure harmony, but everyone has their own approaches that work or possibly don't. This week, we are talking to Patricia Manley, Senior Agile Delivery Lead at German streaming company Join. Patricia and I have previously worked together as part of the Agile Delivery Manager community at ASOS, and she's also been making a very own podcast, I Am Antoine, whilst parenting two children. Again, the perfect guest for our podcast. Let's find out, how does Patricia Manley make life work? Hello, Patricia. How are you? Yes, very well. Super excited to be talking to you. Yes. Likewise. And uh, it has been a bit difficult trying to arrange this. So I'm really appreciating your time trying to fit this around our busy working schedules. Likewise. And this is my first time that I do a podcast with a male host. So, Oh, wow. I won't take too seriously then. Be careful. (laughs) (laughs) And it must be strange to be on the other side because I know you've got your own, which you can talk about later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, all yeah. good. So, so um, let's get into it. Let's talk about your current job, what it's actually, mm-hmm. your job title is, what it means, uh, how you got into it all. Let's um, go to the deep. Let's find out where you all started. Right. Well, where I started was a long time ago, and I'm going to say how long because it's going to reflect on we my don't need age. To do that. Exactly. But let's say that I've been working in technology for quite a long time. I mm-hmm. used to do a, be a developer. Then I become a business analyst and then things happen. I became redundant, actually. Yeah, after being redundant um, eight years ago, something like that, and I started looking for a job, I apply in the place that you're, you're working. And but I, I applied for the same thing that I was doing in my old job. And then someone there say, the HR person say, um, you know what, we have this other position, which at that time wasn't called delivery manager or anything like that. Um, or service service delivery manager or something like that. Oh, we can see that you do you did some agile and that kind of thing. And have you ever managed people? And I'm like, yeah, I have done in project. Anyway, I went into the um, interview with like either not this, either not that, but happened that I got the job, and that was something that changed my life because changed completely the trajectory of my career. Because at that point, I was either going to go deep into the technical bits of that and even potentially go as a freelancer and start working in, in very deep into business intelligence and data analytics and that kind of thing. Or I was going into this career towards more like agile coaching and all that kind of thing. And um, that per- person that I was at that time, my boss, gave me the opportunity and he apparently had to fight a lot to, to give me that the chance um, yeah, and then I, I became an, what at later was an agile delivery manager. And I was nice. kind of like the first girl in the company to be one. So, and then we were just 13 of us and me. <laughs> so it was very funny, the meetings, all like very <laughs> testosterone driven one. And then, yep. you know, as you know, there were many, many, like, I think at the end when I left, it was like 72 people or something like that. Wow. to agile delivery leads and things like that and then um and then i moved to this new company because i was made redundant again 
in that one. And again, I, I always say that for me, being made redundant twice has been the best thing that ever happened in my life because mm-hmm. these allowed me to go into another opportunity. I was almost moving to Germany. I was almost going to move and leave them with my whole family and start from scratch in a new country. Um, didn't happen because of COVID, but that allows me to work 100% remote now. So I'm currently working as a senior at Elderly Really, 100% remote. So all my teams are all across Europe, let's put it in that way, mainly in, in Germany. And then I just managing now front end teams, all the um, Android, iOS, web, JavaScript kind of thing. Um, wow. Yeah, I have a few teams there working. Yeah. What a so, journey. Yeah. Yeah. From, yeah. From developer through to senior delivery lead now. That's great career growth, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, and the yeah, fact yeah. that you were thrown awfully, those sort of you know redundancies that but pushed you into the next direction. Yeah. And sometimes you need that leader push from external situation to really realize that you that is the right time to move. Yeah. You know? And and I think both times was the right actually I wish I could be awake before and move before, but, but you know, things happen for a reason and definitely everything that I learned in my previous job and implemented in here and yeah, mm. things are, are much, much different. Um, so yeah, super happy with what I'm doing right now. Sure. But you come from a, a developer background as well. It wasn't like yes. you just went straight into line management and management stuff. You were like, no, I've got a technical background yeah. that I want to leverage. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I work as a consultant. At the beginning, I work pretty much in the business intelligence sector, which at the time that I started working on that was quite of a niche. So I'm originally mm. from Venezuela. So when I was in Venezuela doing that, was kind of a niche there. But even when I moved to Europe, was it still a niche? And I just came to Europe just to study English and, you know, improving my English and then go back to my country. But then I really liked Europe. And then I was like, okay, let's have a look if I can find a job. And start looking and start looking and luckily enough it was a niche here not a lot of people were doing were doing what I was doing by that time and then I was yeah lucky enough for a company to say hey you know what we want you to come here we will find you working visa and all that kind of thing and 18 years ago that was very very difficult to find that it wasn't it's not like now that you have different tiers and points like you are in the US you have in Canada that that sort of thing nothing that was purely companies that wanted to kind of like apply for you um and you know wait for the home office to say yes and yeah i was one of those lucky ones to get that visa mm. lucky in a way and it seems like fate seems to keep handing you a, a nice opportunity out of all the difficult situations yeah yeah definitely so then after what well, like i think nine months of them yeah nine months here in the in the europe then I, yeah, I came back with a job and I started working here in the UK. I was lucky enough. Yeah, it's like you say, it's not lucky, definitely not lucky, but mm. I was able to start working exactly in the same thing that I was doing before. So it's not like, you know, like classic that you move to another country and then you need to start from something um, a little bit less or we, because you need to get experience, blah, blah, blah. No, I start exactly at the same point and that, that also was really, really good. Fantastic. Really good. Mm. Yeah, and, and we we crossed our paths at ASOS. I mean, several years ago, let's say. Um, yeah. And you mentioned was it there when you had like just you and loads of male counterparts, or was it yes. prior to that? No, yeah. no, no. Was in yeah, I was in ASOS. Yeah, definitely was. Really funny. 
Um, that must have been and, uh, fun to work around. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing was the team didn't know what Agile was. And yeah. I wasn't sure what Agile was either, to be honest, because I just have my certifications and some training, but I never implemented anything. I have like life experience. So I grew with the team and understand each other. And yeah, it was massive um, growth that I have to have in a very, as you know, ASUS being ASUS, very fast forward companies. Like you need to be on your toes all the time. Totally. But then again, recently after, I think it was during lockdown, there was some changes made to the management structure and you were given a new opportunity and you've moved to join it in Germany? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, a streaming company. So I went from fashion to streaming and it's a, a different world. You need to learn a lot of things, especially totally. because for me, I think the challenge has been that I worked for many, many years in this area of business intelligence, that data analytics, and then I moved to a completely different area, which is all things related to native platforms and, you know, programming in different things and, you know, all yep. those kind of things and learn, learn new language and le understand new KPIs and, you know, things like that. I'm like, sorry, what is that? <laughs> Obviously at the end of the day, the work is the same thing, but yeah, I have to learn a lot about that. And do you, do you get into the detail with the tech implementations or do you kind of let the teams do that more so? How, what sort of balance are you kind of get into? I think what they always get surprised is that I understand more that they think that a uh, delivery manager should understand, but I don't go down into the details. Uh, for that, I have like a team lead, I have a tech lead. So I have like these two people that can level me up on in that sense. And if I need to challenge them, um, I always have like a hint but I always rely a lot in the tech league to like, hey, this sounds like, can you help me with that part? Because I can challenge them, but I think that it's not the right thing. And the majority of the time, it's kind of like, yeah, you're right. This shouldn't be like that. But they always mm. get surprised. Uh, it's always funny. But I think that is classic stereotype of, of everything. <laughs> you know, be that, yeah, a lady. And then it's like, oh, you, so you understand it's like, yeah, I can read mm -hmm. these. I understand what you're saying. I'm not going to say what to change in exact order in a line code, but I can understand what you're saying and the logic that you're explaining. And you know, the good disciplines and the practices that we should be putting in place. So you can smell the, the BS in those conversations going, yeah, what, what is your test plan on this? Like, Wait, what? You thought about that? <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. That's cool. Do you yeah. find it hard to let go of the tech implementation though, and let the teams do it? No, I, I definitely let them go. But what I expect from them is that they are able to explain that to me and I can understand. And I always yeah. say, especially if you are a certain level of maturity, I expect from developers that if they're going to talk to me about something, they should be able to explain it in a very simple way. And if you are, then you are the level that you should be. So I noticed that when there's certain insecurities, at least my personal point of view, insecurities, they go down deep into open the merge request and show me the line. And I'm like, mate, just <laughs> what is what you're trying to do? And if you can explain it, mean that you're understanding your work. So it's not just changing this column to do this. It's like what you're going to produce with that. What mm -hmm. is what at the end of the day, the customer is going to see like, if you understand that, then you can explain me what technically you're doing in a, in a way that anybody can understand. Nice. 
Yeah, it's good that you've got a good balance though in that sense. I love this word balance, obviously, but the fact that you can understand it, but leave them to it and then maybe get some oh, yeah. intuitive and tutoring around it, it's good. So what would you say has been your highlight at Join so far? You've been there, what, about a year now, is it? About a year and a bit, yes. Well, I think the highlight is they gave me a lot of opportunities and it's 18 months or something like that to do different yep. things and wear different hats. So I have been an agile coach. I, in some cases, I have been, I, I have to wear the Scrum Master sometimes and definitely to wear the delivery lead sometimes. So everything from defining the roadmap of a whole platform to let's have a chat about how do we do estimations and let me help the product manager to kind of like improving this and that and everything in between. So that flexibility and the opportunities that they, they are giving me has been amazing. And nice. in previous experience, I didn't have the opportunity to be a truly delivery lead. And now I can understand that. I was very confining to make sure that the team were doing this and this, but having conversations with the CTO, having conversations with other directors or other across the teams, I mm. never was able to do it in a way. And here I was literally deep into the, you know, going straight into, into talking and have conversations with them and negotiate with them and really see how cross-functional things happen. And I think my highlight was having one of the biggest projects that they have this year, where it was a cross-functional teams, but not just the technical side, also the business. So it was CRM, finance, marketing, and then all the engineering teams all together. And I was like, they're responsible for that. And that was quite beautiful because we have a set day, needed to happen that day, put it all together, create a plan, make sure that things were happening. It was nerve-wracking, but it, it was very successful and I'm kind of like really proud of that. Um, well, sounds but, like you yeah. should be, yeah. That was yeah, a, yeah, a great yeah. win. And I think also the fact that they are very uh, diverse is something right. that I'm really looking for. Like being a foreign myself, like immigrant living in the UK, um, having a, a super diverse team for like, I don't know, 10, 12 different countries. And that diversity is also give a quite a interesting spin to things to understand different cultures, how people work, you know, those kind of things has been also a good highlight. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's something you could probably overlook. Like with it being a German based company, you're living in the UK, you've got a lot of engineers around Europe, I imagine. So you yeah. naturally get a really nice, diverse group of people together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And all of us speak English and then the language in the company is English. So it's quite interesting to see, yeah, people in Poland, in Greece, in Ukraine, in, yeah, everywhere. Spain, France. Yeah. And we are just getting connecting and working. Getting yep. all the flags together for the team, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That has wow. been really good. Yeah. So, and you mentioned at the start when you joined that job, you you, you were kind of planning to move to Germany. I'm, I'm not sure whereabouts in space, but yeah. you didn't have to because of lockdown. So, how does that work for you guys now? Because that must have been a weird shift for everyone mentally and technically, for, logistically. Um, from the company, you mean, or, or for me personally? For, for more for you, but yeah, obviously, join had to adapt in that situation as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I think they were doing, but personally, it was amazing. And it's the things that you mentioned before about that it's not being lucky. It's, I think, like the universe or whatever is putting things in me, but you know, in front of me, because for a long time, I really, in my head, I was thinking, oh, I would love to have a, a remote job. But as we know, before COVID, that was absolutely impossible. Or very few companies were doing it. 
And then everybody called me absolutely not a crazy when I say, yeah, I'm leaving ASUS, but I'm going to Munich. And everyone was like, what? Have you moved to Munich? He's like, yeah, I'm renting my house and I'm going. Nice. And what did your husband say? My husband, is, he was already with a suitcase waiting in the door. <laughs> the let's door go. is like, yeah, let's go. Challenge was, um, the, the main challenge was with my kids, really. And I sure. spent about eight weeks doing a lot of research, understanding the educational system and where they were going to go. And especially for my son, it was a long, long, long investigation. But then sure. COVID came and Germany was slightly different to the UK um, in terms of like the, when they start being okay with going out and that kind of thing. So there were a lot of restrictions. So mm-hmm. I have sort of like a deadline in my head in a way because my son was going to start secondary school. So it was for me the perfect time to make a break between, okay, you finish primary school and then you start a brand new thing in mm. another country, right? So it was kind of like hard, but it's a natural code that was going to happen anyway because he was going to move to a um, secondary school anyway. And then when the time arrived, I realized this is not happening because I, I'm, I'm not able to see a house. Um, I can I can fly there and see anything. So it was very difficult. So I have a conversation with my boss, like, okay, okay what can we do? And they were really, really open to kind of like, okay, what can we do? Like, so far this has been working. Let's see if this, we can make this happen. And, and it did. And at the end, we changed all the contracts and all that kind of thing. Like, we changed the way of working. And yes. let's say that, that I was one of the first ones who actually officially work 100% remote. So I have been learning a lot and they have been learning a lot because of me in the sense of like, okay, and um, how the ways of working and going to and going to be with someone that it's away, but it has been working really, really good. That's bro. Yeah, for me, it has been amazing because it gave me the opportunity to. It's giving me the opportunity to see my kids grow, and that is a big thing. Huge. I'm not sure how old your children are, but I'm in a similar boat. You know, my children didn't see me pre-lockdown. You know, or pandemic. I was the dad that came home at 6.37 p.m. I'd leave at 6.30 a.m. So I at least saw them. But now I get to walk to my daughter to school. I'm there to sort my child, my boys' exams and revision out because I'm here to support them more. It has been the best thing about the pandemic. I hate saying this because I know it's pandemic. It's an awful thing to happen. But it's been refreshing that I can have a healthier lifestyle now. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. So, And I have the chance to go and visit them every so far has been every two and a half weeks, uh, two and a half months, uh, three months, and it has been really good as well. So, Did yeah. I see you had like a, an away day recently as well? Like you actually got everyone together somewhere. Yes, yes, that was brilliant. We went to uh, these mountains outside of Munich with um, the native uh, platform teams, the iOS and the Android team, like a get-together because they didn't have a get-together. Um, a lot of them never, like, two years working together, never seeing each other face to face. And it was brilliant. We did some rafting. Then we went up to, um, let's say, pop or you know, to <laughs> a beer garden at the top of the mountain. Brilliant. We have drinks, we have food. It was really, really good. Really good. Wow. It makes massive difference having those things. Totally. And it's something mm. that, I can't, that we take for granted. A lot of like remote first companies try to have these sort of vacation days or weeks away retreats, I think they call them. 
And I'm, I've never been had the luxury of one of those events myself. I've always been in person, on site with all my jobs. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not it's not the best way, but it's nice that you get to do that. I guess. Yeah, I think the next one is coming. Fingers crossed. I I might be able to go to the Oktoberfest. Oh, you get the proper I know, one. I know, right? The proper one, the real one. Yep, I might Amazing. be able to go to that one. Let's see. We are we are looking at dates and things. Yeah. Sure. But like you say, you are a mummy and you do have to factor that in. So yeah. How do, how do you make your days work in the moment? You know, what's the sort of commitments at home and with work at the moment? Well, at the moment I work literally uh, European time. So I work from eight o'clock in the morning, which for Europe is nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally, when I drop my uh, daughter at school, I'm literally with my headphones walking, doing my first daily of the day. But they know, so I, they might yeah. lose me for a little bit because there's no good signal or whatever. Or we try to maybe the first one talking in the daily, and then you know the the, the rest of the people that I can listen in. But it's all those all those kind of things that that we do. And in the afternoon, my husband can pick up the, uh, my daughter, um, cool. and my son now is coming by himself in the bus in the school bus, <laughs> which is oh! scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Sounds very yep. familiar. Yep, mm, I'll get yep. all this. But so, so the hour offset, it doesn't affect you too much. You manage to get it working with, the, yeah. like you say, walking with headphones, and it's, it's okay. yeah. And it's people that. know that I'm with the kids, uh, or yeah. like I'm in the in the school run, and 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 it's okay. And then at lunchtime, I used to prepare their lunch for them and take their lunch to the school, like freshly made, because nice. I changed the diet of my son. And obviously he couldn't eat anything from the school. So every day I was having this break at lunchtime that they allowed me, which is, was amazing, where I, I was able to prepare my lunch, his lunch, take him to school and then having my lunch. So people knew that during that time they, they, they didn't book any appointments with me because they knew I was having that uh, with the kids, which was really, really good as well. That's brilliant that you got to do that. And it's wonderful that the team understand your circumstances. I was speaking to mm. James Norton about this last week, about the fact that you just build a culture of openness with all your teammates. So you all know expect, you know, when you're available and how you kind of yeah. communicate that. And you all understand where everyone's boundaries is. Yeah. You've got a great environment going on going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, as great as, you know, we have also different people from different religions. And there was a situation recently when, um, someone was doing the fasting uh, for like a whole month and he yep. was like hey team is that okay if I start working at one o'clock because then you know like um, you know the way that I feel and you know to really cope with this part of my religion and all that kind of thing that I need to go I will mm. work better from lunchtime onwards and everyone was like okay so cool. he was working doing that period of time doing that um, you know, respecting the fact that he has part of his religion was uh, the fasting. And yeah. it was brilliant because everybody understood. Oh, it's wonderful. And you yeah. mentioned at the start, like the, you love the diversity of the people you work with. And I think yeah. just, again, it just demonstrates how healthy that environment is and the company culture to uh, allow it and support it more yeah. than anything. Yeah, cool, man. absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice segue, actually, into your uh, side project. I was thinking mm. about I Am Mantuana, your podcast. Could you tell us a bit more about that, how it came about, and uh, how the hell you find the time for it? <laughs> yeah, everybody say the same thing. Well, <laughs> I Am Mantuana is something that I've been having my time for quite a long time. And um, I found myself talking with a lot of my friends or a lot of friends of mine 
talking and then they were calling me and they were asking me things and I was kind of like advising them and saying, oh, this is my experience. And I found myself like in a lot of those conversations. And at some point I thought I should be sharing this with more people because it was like having the same conversation with three, four different people in different times. And I was like, but as you say, I was worried that I didn't have the time. Yeah. So I have a conversation back in December 2019, actually, um, mm-hmm. with my best friend because I knew she was doing a podcast back in Canada and she's also in tech like me. And then I asked her, I was like, tell me how you do this podcast, but don't give me the Kool-Aid version. I don't know if you know what is a Kool-Aid, but Kool-Aid is like, so give me like, like the beautiful candy sugar-coated version of like, yeah, doing a podcast is wonderful. Like, tell me Indeed. what it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me what it takes. And, and we have that conversation. Uh, and, you know, she, she told me everything's like, do this, do that. And I was like, okay. So I take notes and I was like, I'm going to do it. And it was Excellent. three days later. I just went to Amazon, buy all my equipment. Three days later, I was just putting the art kind of thing, the name I have it in my head. And I have so many stories or, or subjects uh, or topics, let's say, in my head. Put a trailer board, put all these stories, and it start recording. And then by end of January, I started. Brilliant. And then she explained me all the things about the intro, the outro, and I was like, yeah. I don't have time for editing. I'm not going to learn that. I'm going no. to give that to someone else, and you know the, those kind of things. So she really gave me the basics to start, and I didn't think about that much, and they just started. Now, from where I am at Mantuana comes is I realized that the majority of my friends are um, immigrant ladies and I have those conversations with a lot of them. And I thought I really want to show them what is possible because some of them were like, oh, I don't think I am able to do this, able to do that. And I was always, yes, you can do it. That kind of thing. And I'm going to tell you the name and that will make a lot of sense. The name originally come from Venezuela, we used to have this society called Mantuanos and actually Simon Bolivar, which was the liberator of pretty much all South America, was from Venezuela and he was a Mantuano. So the Mantuanos were people with a lot of money. They were the landowners and they have a lot of money. And the women there, they were really unique because they were the only ones with like the nicest dresses, the entourage of people helping them all the time. And apparently the legends say that they used to have these uh, little tingles on like bells under the dress. So people knew when they were walking that they were coming, right? right? So then what I thought was translate that name into a modern woman that when you go into a room, you kind of like people turn around just because not the way that you look is the way, the way that you kind of like have that energy. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't yeah. imagine you, you know, you can see ladies going into a restaurant or something and you're like, wow, not because how they look, but it's that, that energy that they have that comes from within. The presence. And yeah, that presence. So yeah. this is why the, the podcast is about mindset, it's about career, it's about motherhood, it's about beauty, it's about all those subjects that I hope that will, are going to help them to become that kind of like mentwana. And then on top of that, I am originally from Caracas. Uh, Venezuela is a very poor country. So 80% of the population, or probably now it's more, 90% of the population is very, very low income. And then it's just a tiny percentage at the top that 
have the money and that kind of thing. And I was lucky enough to be part of that percentage a long time ago, go to university. You know, it's not like my parents were rich, but I have opportunities. I have opportunities to travel and all that kind of thing. So in one way, I am I'm Antoine and this is what is I am Antoine. And that's what I want to bring to immigrant ladies and say, hey, you can do it. And this is why I always bring my guesses are always immigrant ladies that can show to others, if she can do it, I can do it too. Mm-hmm. And it's a wonderful goal as well, you know, the fact that you're shouting about what women are capable of and, you know, empowering women in tech who have got a lot of imposter syndrome, maybe something oh, lacking the confidence. And I feel like your podcast is really helping women to kind of get around that. I'm not saying yeah. it's fixing it, but yeah, the fact that you're continuing to do this and demonstrate what you've been through and yeah, bringing yeah. along other people that have definitely been in similar situations to kind of share the stories because that's what people yeah. love. Yeah. And the ultimate, ultimate thing from I'm Antonio when I created it was to leave a legacy for uh, Eaton and Grace because I was thinking, if I'm not here, they can hear my lesson learns. Yeah. Uh, and generation after generation, there will be this capsule of my voice telling them what I went through, things that I did. So if I'm not here, they will have some way mama there to advise them into subjects so that is their ultimate romantic goal of the podcast <laughs> i love that and i i have actually thought that myself sometimes with what i do with this at least my kids have something that they can listen back to if, if anything yeah. happened to me and i feel yeah. like it's a little bit egotistical but you know it's like actually what evidence have i got what have i contributed to society i don't know if i've actually done anything meaningful yours is a hell of a lot more meaningful than what i'm doing but i feel <laughs> like you know, i'm contributing something back yeah, absolutely. So that is the ultimate romantic goal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> when you I make it sound it. so much better. <laughs> you yeah. make it sound so much better. But how do you fit it in? Because you, like I say, you've got two children, uh, you've got a full-time job. Um, yeah. Where do you do this? How do you do this? Um, well, again, outsourcing is the clue on, on all this. So I, I have someone that do the editing for me and nice. she's really, really good. And I have some now, at, at some point I was doing the social media for that. But then I was like, that's too much for me. So now I have someone that do my show notes and my social media in the sense of like, she prepare all the things for the week and I just post it into my Instagram account. So that is from one side. But then the recording and that kind of thing, I just coordinate into like my knocks and crannies on my time. So I have my calendar. I send the calendar to people. It's like, this is when I can do it. But because I'm constantly getting in contact with, with women, I constantly getting the opportunity to say, I would love for you to come and, and, and be in my, in my podcast and, and talk about that. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yesterday I have a conversation about a potential pulling a speaking thing that I might be doing. But then just by listening to this lady, I was like, regardless if you choose me or not, I will absolutely love you to be in my podcast and talk about what you do because she's a lady that is doing clinical research and it's just amazing her job. And she's immigrant as well. I was like, you need to be here. So. I'm constantly having conversations. I have that awareness of like, I would like to have you in my podcast because I'm not looking for like not famous people all the time. It's looking for ordinary people, the people can, mm. that, that other women can feel identified and say, okay, she is like me and look yeah. what she's doing. So I can do it rather than trying all the time to hit the celebrity or they kind of like, you know, the, that kind of thing. So, yeah. So my time is basically recording time. That's the valuable time for you is actually getting that conversation going and being part of it. Then let others do the clever stuff like, you know, editing and whatever you're asking. 
Yeah. I've got to be honest. Yeah. I edit all mine. I do all my own socials. I don't outsource any of it, but I've, I, I might take a leave out of your books. It just give me a bit more capacity back then. Yeah. But this is what I thought was like, I'm not going to be able to do this editing all that kind of things. So just, just need <laughs> someone to do it for me. Yeah. Whatever works. But yeah. what's been your favorite highlight then? Because it sounds like you've got a lot of meaningful people coming and joining you. Have you got any kind of call outs you'd like to shout about? Oh, I always say to everyone, it's like, oh, this is, but this is the best one. I always feel like that this is the best one. But I have to say that the ones that I have been using more or sending more to people and say, oh, you need to listen to this is the ones that I did at the very beginning, because was really what a lot of people going through things like special immigrant women feeling that their language is not enough, like that my English is not good enough to do what I want to do. And then I, I have an episode about that. The title is, I want to speak like the Queen of England, which, you know, at some point, everybody wants to like, sounds perfect English and like, sounds like an English. And then you realize that that is not going to happen. I'm born and bred here and I still can't speak proper English at all, as you can tell. But, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. We want to sound like you. And yeah. it's like, you will never, ever are going to sound like that. However, that doesn't mean that you are, you're going to stop learning and you could say that's it this is the way that i don't know you learn but don't feel bad or feel less because you have an accent actually an accent is the best thing and one of your best assets so that is something that i sent a lot of people that come to me like you need to listen to this because in that episode i talk about my experience and like steps and things that i did to kind of like overcome that issue mm -hmm. And then um, there's all the one about um, visualization and kind of like really believe. And I did that with one of my friends that she is one of the few, but actually the only Latin that was in the Apprentice UK. And she's oh, from wow. Venezuela, actually. Nice. And it was super interesting to have a chat with her about how she arrived to, to the Apprentice UK, being the program and all the visualization work that she does. And she has been doing all her life without realizing, and now she understands to kind of like have all those opportunities coming to her life. So that is one of the really nice uh, episodes that I say to people, like she was able to do it, like being in this, what you can't do, what, what you want to do, you know? Came high. Yeah. Give it a yeah. go. Yeah. Totally. Get the links into the show notes so people can have a listen to yeah, these. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. It's yeah. the whole thing, but they're some of your favorites. Yeah, that is one of the ones that I, I think people like the most and I, yeah. I have able to send in. And I think the third one, and I will say from the healthy point of view, it's one that I told with one of my mentors about gut health, which I'm very passionate about that for many, many different reasons. And mm -hmm. then she explained in that episode in such a basic way that everybody can understand. She's so good at giving examples that people can relate. And yeah. that is also a good one to introduce people to like why gut health is so important. And, mm. and that's also that one of my favorite ones that I send to people, like, listen to this. She's a nutritionist, naturopath, so it's not me talking to you. And then you will understand why it's so important that in your life. Yeah. Mm. yeah, very good. And actually quite a nice little segue into the next point if you talk about health, because I, I believe your son is on the autism spectrum disorder. Mm -hmm. And I was curious, as a dad with a son who's on the spectrum as well, I'm curious what your circumstances are and how you, what you're trying to do to help him. Well, we, a brief story, because you know, as you know, every story is different, but we oh, totally. have our um, diagnosis when he was six was a big yeah. shock. But as a mom, I was 
in a way, relief because I realized that now that I know what's going on, it wasn't like, oh, what well, he's behaving like that, what well, he's doing this. And you tend to feel bad as a parent because you think that you're failing as a parent. You're not teaching the right things and, and that kind of things. And then you realize, oh, that is what's happening. Okay. So when I knew about the diagnosis, I was like, okay, now I know what it is and now I can help. I can genuinely help yep. in what I need to do. So we start a lot of processes, especially here in the UK, we did, uh, we went through all the process to get what they call the ECHB, which yep. is kind of like a program that the government helped special needs kids to have better opportunities at school, give, give the schools the additional resources to really support him because he could go to a mainstream school. So, and, and be there, but, but he needed extra support. So it was a battle, very interesting battle. Um, yeah, I'm sure. took, took us about three years to get all together, but finally we did it. And he has been having a lot of support at school, which was really, really good. But one Wonderful. of the things that also they, the pandemic came abroad to our life was that time and space to be able to think about alternative things. So I'm, because I have another side business on the side as well about health and wellness. Um, I knew the importance of uh, gut health and, and yep. I was implementing a lot of things in my case or in me, like, you know, to lose weight and feel better and skin and wrinkles and all that kind of thing. So I understood the concept and I knew that a lot of theories that are behind how to improve the life of people that is neurodiverse is through food and through changing uh, the diet. Um, mm -hmm. And there's some protocols that... At some point, I look when he was six, seven, but they were so hard to follow because I was working, my, my husband was working full time. There was no way that we were going to be able to do what that protocol was recommending. However, when we went into the pandemic and then I knew I was moving to Munich, I thought, mm. this is the opportunity. I have about X amount of months or like a year to make that change and yeah. to help extra that will be an extra help so i have a chat with some nutritionists they have some specialities in in autism and that kind of thing we went through did a few uh, tests and we start the process of changing the way that he was eating and that has been amazing amazing and wow. um, the changes were quite remarkable after a few months and it's something that he will need to leave forever with that but it has been like life changing and obviously we decided as a family that it wasn't just for him and we were going to do a special food for him we decided that the whole family was going to change their diet so we changed all our diet obviously with some exception for with my daughter because kind of like won't be fair for her but a lot of the basic things we apply in the whole family and being able to be here and this is the reason why i was doing the lunch for him yeah because at school they couldn't provide what uh, he needed so I was like, okay, I will do lunch and I'm still doing lunch. And he's taking his lunch for uh, his secondary school and it has been amazing. And that has been one of the biggest changes that we, we did, that we see a lot of uh, changes there. What sort of changes did you make to this diet then? Because I've never heard about this. I'm just curious what sort um, of minor changes you made. Well, it's a, it's a lot of theories, very quick. It's a lot of theories about the relationship between your gut and your brain. Okay. Right. And yes. And basically, 75% of your immune system is in your gut. 
And uh, serotonin, for example, the, the happy hormone, 80% of that is in your gut. It's actually your gut who drive all those kind of things. That's that one theory. Happen with kids with neurodiversity is they produce a lot of like back bacteria. So our gut is full of bacteria to produce back bacteria. And in a lot of cases, especially with my son, he loves juice, a juicy drink, sugary thing, breaded things. And all that is literally feeding back bacteria into your gut. So what happens is that back bacteria is sending signals to your brain to do certain things. So by you cleaning your gut and allowing your gut to uh, have a variety of bacterias that you do through food, allow that that message that go gut uh, brain goes much, much better. And that signal, is, it, it goes much, much better. So in terms of like what happened daily is we have to eliminate every any time of gluten. But going beyond what people believe of gluten is gluten, but also rice, corn, oats. So all the mm. substitutions of gluten, we also eliminate from our diet. Right. Obviously, no sugar or no refined sugar. We did some tests with him, very, very detailed tests, and then they were able to identify some deficiencies that, that you have. And then like we're topping that up with supplements like vitamin D, vitamin E, that help to balance certain things in, in his body. And also we look at allergies and then like right. what are the things that he might tend to be more issues with. And then we, we did all that. They give us a special diet for him and then we'll start making the changes little by little. And then it's incredible how gluten and those kind of things affect your brain function. It's absolutely incredible. The changes. It's fascinating. I, I never yeah, made those links before, and I, I, now you've talked about it, it makes a lot of sense because I've been through similar with our son. You know, like his diet, he went vegetarian two, three years ago, and we were like, well, hang on, where are you getting your iron from? Because that's not a complete neglected from your diet now. So he has got supplements, and it definitely helped his moods. I wouldn't say it exactly. helped everything, but he, he saw the yeah. lift in his mood. Um, he had a lot more energy and enthusiasm. He was more focused, and I was like, well, this is better because you know, you were all over the place at points and we're, we're worried, obviously. We yeah. don't want you to be in a bad place. Now he's in a much healthier yeah. place because we just made yeah. that little change. Yeah. Iron deficiency tablets and wow, what a change it made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what we did. We we went like the extra mile and we changed all the way that, that he was eating and, and do exactly those kind of things. They have more focus, they have more conversations. Yeah, and actually the best thing is when other people can see the change and say, wow, he's another kid because Ant uh, before he was really hyper and, you know, when you have this up and downs and then you're crying yeah. and then two minutes later you are happy and it's like, oh! <laughs> and everything is more kind of like calm. Sometimes we have things like if we go to our all-inclusive, for example, very difficult <laughs> to keep this, do you yep. see the difference? Do you see the difference? Yeah. But because he's a little bit older now, like 12, it, yeah. it, it was harder and it's a lot of education mm -hmm. to teach him like okay um i spent hours and hours going to supermarkets doing research to bring the right things because believe it or not a lot of things have gluten that you can't even imagine and dairy is uh, something out of the old context as well so no gluten no dairy no um soy those are the biggie ones and mm -hmm. then explaining to him while we're doing this and mm -hmm. and go with him to the supermarket and it's like oh you want that that piece of cookies. Okay, take it, read it, 
what are the ingredients? Like, yeah, no, no, no. And now he's at the point like, okay, I'm going to go back. You know, that, that sort of thing. But I needed to make sure that when he was at school, also he was making right choices. Yes. Secondary school is another world, so you can't avoid things. And all that peer pressure doesn't help matters at secondary school at all. You know, they feel like, oh, I'm missing out because my friends are eating, drinking Coke and eating junk food. Like, nope, yeah. I'm not going to bother because I know what's good for my body. And you don't yeah. want to see me when I'm not, actually, because yeah, that could yeah. be a different ball game. Yeah. Well, in our case, he still called me like, can I have um, a burger or can I have yeah. a cookie? And I'm like, okay. But then you're not going to have X, Y, and Z later. And he's like, okay, okay. So we make compromises. But just yes. having that conversation with him, it's really a, um, a good thing. So you've got a lovely relationship with him. It's, it's really kind of open, but he's very supportive as well. So it's yeah. a good place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. That's good stuff. You've got so much insights, Patricia, and I could, uh, I could probably talk to you for hours, but I'm mindful that we both have other commitments. <laughs> um, just finally, I, I always like to ask every guest, have you got any advice or tips for anyone that's kind of in your situation? You know, you, you've got a lot going on, you, you're in a good place. What would be your important advice for finding that good balance? Well, it's something funny that you mentioned, like good balance, like let's define balance. And, and a lot of people say to me, like, I don't know how you do all the things that you do. Because additionally of all the things that you mentioned, I'm also uh, doing coaching for immigrant women. And I'm just starting my coaching business this year. And I also do that. Um, and then people are like, oh, I do that. And I think it's not about balance. It's about like prioritize what you want and be okay when, when you can't do things, being yeah. okay with that. And by saying that is, I prioritize the fact that I rather be talking to you that having an um, episode in Netflix. So I don't watch TV that much. I feel privileged now. <laughs> Police do? No, no, no. But you know what I mean? It's like I make sacrifices in another area. It's like, okay, I don't yeah. watch TV because yeah. I'd rather be in doing walking and doing my exercise than doing that. Some people prefer not to do it. Or sometimes my house is a mess. Yeah. Horrendous mess. <laughs> but I have to be okay because I decided to not clean my house and doing something different or going out with my kids because I thought was more important that I spend the whole week doing podcasting or whatever or doing coaching and I couldn't dedicate enough time and then it's like it's okay my house will be a mess I don't care but being okay with that and that is yep. that is the thing it's just I don't believe in balance but I, I believe in you have the time if you prioritize what you want to prioritize so sometimes cleaning the house goes at the bottom Next. But I need to be okay with that. You need to be okay with that. And that is what I will, what I will say Fair play. to people. I, I, yeah. I agree with you though. It's, it's, it's about prioritizing. It's about being okay with that. And actually, yeah, compromising is a good keyword there, I think. Yeah, compromising. Yeah, if that is not going to happen. I'm okay. No, no, you know, hating yourself and feel guilty and kind of like, oh my God. And look, no, <laughs> it's like, it's a mess. I know I will deal with that later. Or I won't have a call or, Say no to people, like before I used to feel really bad about not going to a party and say to people, I can see my friend, you know, for these. That is what it is. Like I need to it do is. other things. And yeah. And you, it works, right? You've got a lot going on and it's all in a good place. So yeah. great advice. I like that. Um, good. Patricia, how do people get hold of you and where can they find you? Obviously the podcast, where, where can they get on contact? 
Right. I think the easiest way will be uh, through my Instagram handle, which is Lamantuana UK. That's okay. one. And the other one is I am Antoana, which is the podcast handle one. And then if you want to check me in LinkedIn, it's Patric- Patricia Manley. So you can also get in Got contact you. with me that way. But yeah, those are the three best places that you can find me. It sounds like you do a lot of outreach and a lot of good stuff with your community. So uh, it sounds like you're open to suggestions and conversations. Absolutely. Yes, totally. Lovely. Always. Always. Prepare yourself. We'll get the details in the show notes so people can find you as well. But Thank honestly, so really enjoyed it this afternoon. Thank you for joining me. And uh, hopefully you did it too. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. That has been amazing. Amazing experience. Thank you. See you. And see you later. Thanks again to Patricia for joining us this week, if you pardon the pun. As Patricia mentioned, you can reach out to her on Instagram and LinkedIn and listen to all those wonderful stories on her podcast, I Am Mantuana. All the links will be in the show notes. That's all from me for this week. Remember to like, review and subscribe to the podcast. Reach out to me at Sai on Twitter or email hello at makelifeworkpodcast.com. I'll be back next week with another wonderful guest sharing their stories about how they make life work.